Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer. I am so glad that you're here and it's taken me a couple weeks to get a new podcast out. First of all, I had recorded the intro to a couple of podcasts only to discover that the mic I was using was not working. So that was a little setback. Second of all, we just had a graduation this week. Our daughter, Maria Goyer, who you can um, listen to her on episode number one of Walk It Out. She is our fourth homeschool graduate. We adopted Maria in 2016, and she is just a joy and delight. It's just been amazing to see her mature and grow closer to God. And um, we are just so excited about her future. So she graduated a couple days ago, and it's been a, f- a flurry of activity getting ready for that. And it was weird. We have a couple of weeks of homeschool left and I sat down yesterday with six students instead of seven around the table. So I guess the countdown is on. Uh, four students graduated and six to go. I told the kids that uh, after the last one, Casey graduates which was in about 10 years, um, the day after he graduates, I'm going on a long cruise. I think after homeschooling, it'll be like 35 years at that point that I can totally um, go on a cruise with John. It'll be awesome. But in the meantime, I am enjoying homeschooling. Um, and I am just enjoying launching these kids into adulthood and just seeing what God is going to do with their lives. I just can't wait to, um, just see what God's going to do with Maria over the coming months and years as she starts college and just becomes the person that I know that God created uh, her to be. And I'm so excited that she is part of our family and we just love her so much. So, but now I am back and today I am talking about a topic that I just love and that is the topic of prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about prayer, I can picture myself as a small child and I grew up thinking that prayer was all about getting something I wanted. I don't know if you're like that too, but it was all about I want something, so I'm going to pray and ask God for it. I remember being about six years old and wanting a Barbie paper doll set. I also remember praying with all earnestness, asking God to just have it show up in my closet. Like, God, please, I won't tell anyone. (laughs) Just have the Barbies show up there. I know that you can totally do it, which he totally can. But obviously that wasn't his plan because when I woke up the next morning and went to my closet, the paper dolls weren't there. Are you surprised? (laughs) But I can say that um, it didn't make me doubt God, but it did make me doubt myself. I figured that I just didn't know how to pray the right way as if there's a magical way that we put all the words together and then it makes God do what we want. The funny thing is that a few weeks later, I did get that paper doll set and I got it for my birthday. And as I opened the gift, I remember thinking, huh, I suppose that it's an answer to prayer, but it just wasn't in the way that I expected. Go figure that. I knew then that God maybe could answer my prayers in a different way than the one I dreamed up. 
Now, as I grew older, my ideas of prayer sadly didn't change very much. In my childhood home, my mom was a new Christian and my stepdad was an unbeliever. So there was very little modeling of what prayer was like. Thankfully, I had my grandparents who were also new Christians, but they were diligent in seeking God. I remember them sitting before God in prayer and there was just a sweet a sweet peace on their faces as they prayed, as if they knew God would take care of their needs. I still didn't apply this to my own life until much, much later. And even during my high school years, I tried to ignore God because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I'm not sure if you were a teenager like that, but mainly I wanted to date all the wrong types of guys and do all the wrong types of things with them. And so even though I still believe God was there, I I really just didn't want to think about him. But then in the most desperate time of my life, I turned to God in prayer. And at 17 years old, I found myself pregnant and abandoned. And over the course of the pregnancy, I prayed a few things. First, I prayed that God would forgive me. Um, I said, God, I have messed up big time. And if you can do anything with my life, please do. And it's just been so amazing to see what he has been able to do with my life. Second, I prayed that God would bring me someone who would love him, love me, and love my son. Corey was born, oh, about a month before my 18th birthday, and God answered those prayers. God has done exceedingly more with my life than I ever could have imagined. He brought me John, and we've just celebrated 28 years of marriage, and he brought me all these kids. I mean, he's just been so amazing to my life. So prayer really just has transformed my life. Now, over time, God has also changed my ideas about prayer, and now I know it's so much more than just asking God for things. It's also about quieting myself, listening, and asking God to guide me and grow me and change me. Now, these are some of the things that I'll be talking about with my guest today, who is just someone that I love so much, and that is Mary DeMuth. Now, if you have the opportunity to hear my friend Mary speak or read her books, you know that she is such a blessing. Um, and you will be blessed by today's podcast. And if you haven't heard about Mary before, then you are really in for a treat. Mary is one of the most honest and genuine people I know. Just being her friend, I've learned so much about how she leans on God, and it's inspiring to me. Um, I'm just so glad to call her a friend, and just she encourages me all the time. So in this podcast, Mary and I will talk about prayer, about why she needs him so much in her life, and in fact, why we all need him. I hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired to pray in new ways, in ways you hadn't dreamed possible. Now, here's my interview with Mary. Well, hello, Mary, and welcome to Walk It Out. I'm so glad you're here. Let's just get started by having you tell my listeners just a little bit about you and about your writing. Yeah, so I've been writing for a million years, and I've got, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have as many books as Trisha has, but I think I've written about 35 or 37 books. I need to get the count right. And uh, I also speak and podcast, and uh, I love to talk about how God can redeem anything and everything. And I'm living proof that God can do cool things because I'm a huge mess. (laughs) Oh, I think all of us are. (laughs) I think I'm thinking, okay, here we go again. And I'm going to have to write about this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I also know you have three adult kids. So you're kind of in a different stage of parenting, aren't you? I am. I didn't adopt a whole bunch more. So (laughs) our three (laughs) are gone. Uh, They are almost out of college. Two are almost out of college. And then 
then I have one that's working as a writer, which is really exciting for Right Now Media. Awesome. And I just love seeing pictures of them and just seeing, especially they just get bigger and more beautiful. And it's awesome just to stay connected with your family. Now, I was trying to remember the first time that we met, was it? at an ACFW conference or was it before that? I think we, I I remember pictures of us being taken and we were with Robin and. I know we met online. We were at some sort of event. We were at an event, but I don't think it was ACFW. It was some other thing. Yeah. And it just seems like I've just known you for such a long time. And what I love is just your heart for prayer. And just, I know so many times when I'm going through something, I'll just know that you reach out to me and offer to pray for me. I've gotten text messages from you. Like, it just seems like right when I need it saying that you're praying. So what really just gave you this desire to pray and to teach others about prayer? Well, for me, it's been my amazing journey of seeing God heal me. And your listeners may or may not know my story, but I grew up in a pretty difficult home and was sexually abused when I was five for a year by some neighborhood teenagers and um, felt like I had this mark on my forehead and and kept being chased by villains. (laughs) Went through about three divorces, my mom, uh, not my own divorces, my mom's divorces. And my father died when I was 10 years old and he had been my hero. And so by the time I was a teenager, I was just uh, just a mess, ready to take my life and um, really beyond hope in a lot of ways. Uh, a home had been really unsafe. There had been drugs in the home when I was growing up when I was younger, and I could have just turned to those. But eventually, by the time I was 14 and 15 years old, I started hearing about Jesus through Young Life. And I, I was so grateful because he became that father that would never leave me because I'd had like three different dads and one that was dead. And I guess what happened to answer your question is kind of a long answer to your question, but the answer to your question, um, when I got to college, I had people in my life who decided that they would pray for me and I would cry and tell my story. There was a lot of tears and these people would lay their hands on me and they would pray and pray and pray and pray. And I saw so much healing happen in my life because of those prayers. And so from that moment on, I've just been very passionate about that gift of prayer and being able to pray for others and to experience that healing myself and to be able to be a conduit of healing for others around the world for the nations. Mm, I love that so much. And you know, you have this all this hard stuff that you went through. And I love how that there's those people around you and the prayers that really changed you and impacted you. And I was just thinking today, um, on Susie Davis's podcast, she was asking questions about when was God first real to you. And I thought about that. And I really thought about my grandma and my grandpa going to their house and they'd have a record player with hymns and my grandpa would be just sitting there with his Bible and praying and he wasn't even praying out loud. But that really just impacted me so much to see someone praying and know that like they're really connecting with a God out there. What was it about those people's prayers that showed you that there was a God out there who could love you and that would not hurt you in all the ways that you've been hurt? I mean, you've been hurt so much, but here's someone that could bring healing instead of hurt to your life. I don't know other than I just experienced God's presence in the midst of those prayers. And I was upset prior to the prayer and there was peace after the prayer And I think one little story will help. When I was in my 30s, my youngest daughter was now five, or my oldest daughter was now five years old, and that was the same age that I was when I went through all that abuse. 
And they say in the literature about healing that when you have a trigger like that, seeing your child at your age where it happened, um, things can go south. And so they did. And I went to some counseling and the the counselor, after I told her my long, long story, she said, oh, well, how many years of counseling have you had? And I said, zero. (laughs) I've had none. And it's not because I didn't want to. So we were poor. (laughs) I couldn't afford it. And she said, oh, no, 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 just don't don't joke with me. Tell me how many years of counseling you've had. And I said, honestly, I'm not joking. I've had zero counseling. And um, she was surprised. She thought that I had had years and years of counseling. And I, as I looked back on that and reflected, I think it was a lot of those prayers that happened during college where people just trusted God to work through some of those muckety muck parts of my heart. Hmm. And I think that is just really shows you your willingness to have those people pray with you because, you know, I work with teen moms and I've even had people that I know personally and they have similar wounds, but it seems like there's two things. They could either turn to others and turn to God and open up and let people come together and pray or they block themselves off and they, you know, put the wall up. Um, And so I think it's just amazing that you were able to open up your heart and let those people pray for you. And I just love how all the healing came with those prayers. I was so desperate for it. I think that was the, the part I longed to be whole and healed. I didn't want to be so messed up and broken. <laughs> and I, yeah, I just love how the the prayers of others really did that for you. And I just love how you are doing that for others. So first, let's talk about your podcast and what you got started and what your desire is behind that. Yeah, so I just finished a book, or I actually just released a book called Jesus Every Day. And it's a um, book of 366 prayers based on scripture, starting from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And Trisha, you're part of the mastermind group that I'm in. And at our mastermind retreat in January, we were talking about our careers and things we could do. And my the mastermind group said, you should really do a podcast based on Jesus every day and call it Pray Every Day. And so I was like, wow, that's an awesome idea because I love to pray and writing prayers is awesome, but saying them out loud is even more awesome. So we started that, I started that podcast February 1st and uh, it basically takes the same format. We walked through in February and March, we walked through all of the book of Philippians verse by verse. And so it's just a little bit of verses and then me praying for five minutes. Right now we're walking through Psalm 119, which is a super long Psalm about the word of God. And so I'll read two or three verses and then I'll pray. And it has been amazing. I'm seeing uh, people from all over the world. I have a map up in my office. There are little pins in the map from all over the world of people who are listening to this podcast. And I could just like, just to hear it in your voice, I could just feel the joy, like the joy of seeing how God's using you and seeing how he's using your prayers to just impact people all over. And I just love that this generation, when I, I talk to people, I talk at writers conferences, I was just at a homeschooling conference and I talked to both students and parents who want to write and or want to do some type of broadcasting or media and said what an opportunity for us in this generation to be able to do that like this podcast that I you know you and I are talking at or your podcast that you're doing can impact people all over the world and I just love how your words from your little home is just going out all over the world I mean what a privilege that is for you to do that and I happen to know that it's um, being recorded in your little office called a closet right I'm in the closet right 
right now. <laughs> yeah, she's in the closet. Exactly. And so it's just amazing how God can use us in that way. And I know that he's, I mean, given you a missionary heart. I know you were a missionary for a while, and I know you travel and speak. So how has he just used you and used your prayers to kind of go out into the world? And what have you learned as you've done that? Well, I have learned it's it's pretty humbling to be to be willing to be used in prayer um, and scary, really scary. Cause there'll be times where I sense that God's saying to me, go pray for that random stranger over there. And uh, that's happened so many times in church. I go to a teeny tiny church of about 15,000 people in the South. And uh, so when I walk into that auditorium, it's like, there's so many people there. And the Lord will often say, go pray for that person. And there have been times where I've said, excuse me, could I pray for you? I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. And they've said no. (laughs) So (laughs) that's happened. Uh, But also, most of the time when I've asked that, someone will start crying and say, how did you know? Or why did that happen? Or why did God tell you that? And I just like to say that he just loves his children. He loves those he created so much. And so my heart in prayer has just to be it's to be open to the Holy Spirit speaking to me, which is also why I'll text you, Trisha, and the Lord will just say, tell Trisha you're praying. And I, it's so uncanny and beautiful to see how God is uses that. It's just so cool. Yeah. And it really comes into, you mentioned, you know, there's the Holy Spirit and that leading, but you have to like do it the first time. You know I mean, you have to take the step of faith. The first time you feel the Holy Spirit's whisper and you have to take the step of faith. And then, you know, you realize, oh, wait, God did use me in that moment. So maybe for, you know, for someone, they're not familiar with how do we listen to the Holy Spirit, and which is part of prayer. It's not just you know saying what we want from God or saying what we need, but really it is the second part of that or maybe even the most important part is just letting his spirit talk to us. So for someone who this might be a new concept, how would you explain that to them? Well, it's hard in this society we live in, in this crazy connected world, because we seldom have quiet anymore. And I think we're terrified of it. We will check our phones while we're waiting in line because we don't want silence. We don't want to be perceived as someone who doesn't have someone to talk to. When in the reality is when we are quiet and we listen to the Lord, that's when that's when the cool stuff happens. And so for me, it's just been years of cultivating relationship and trusting and learning what that voice sounds like. Um, if I, like I can, if I hear my husband's voice across the room, I know it's his, even though there's other voices in the room. And that's kind of the idea of knowing God's voice is you just become so familiar with it. And, you know, he, he just does some really cool things as a result of you hearing his voice. When you, like you said, take those little steps of obedience, even when it seems like you're going to do something really embarrassing. Um, it, he always shows himself faithful. Yeah. And, you know, there's times that it really came for, for me, just those moments of sitting before God and sitting with my Bible. And it came as a young mom realizing I am so overwhelmed with my day. Like I need God to start my day. And then the more time I just spend in his word and I pray, then you do get to know his voice. And it's always, I always explain it this way. It's a, a voice in my mind that is not um, something that I want or I will, but I know it's in line with his word. So, you know, for example, when I felt called to help start a crisis pregnancy center when my pastor first asked me, there is no way I wanted to do it. I was writing books, I was homeschooling, and I prayed and like, Lord, you know, tell me how to tell Pastor Daniel um, that I don't have time for this. And said, <laughs> this still small voice was there 
And it said, what about the young women like you were? And that's, you know, my testimony being a teen mom. And so I knew it wasn't for me. <laughs> it wasn't me saying, you know, what about the young women? But it was God's voice speaking because I knew that that was in line with this word about caring for others and about, you know, pouring our life out for others and loving others and discipling them. And so um, I love how he just does that. The more we cultivate that time with him, and I think that really you know, goes back to Jesus every day or pray every day. It's every day, the everyday part about that. So you want to talk a little bit just about developing that discipline, not that something like we need to mark off or God's going to be unhappy with this, but really what does it cultivate within us? I remember in college reading the book, Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence, and that really shaped how I view prayer and his was just, I'm doing the dishes and I'm talking to Jesus. And that really translated well when I was a mom and I was doing the dishes, talking to Jesus. I'm still doing dishes. I haven't stopped doing dishes. So I keep talking to Jesus. (laughs) But um, that's kind of how I've seen it is just this, like you said, daily, but really more like moment by moment, internal dialogue with the Lord. Like just, I find myself all day long just saying, thank you, Jesus. You're so good. I love you. I need you. Would you help me with this problem? It's just a constant, like my very best friend conversation that I'm having all the time. And that has been something that's developed more and more over the years. And I'm just so grateful. Yeah. And that we have that time through the day. And and sometimes it just helps me to even have like things that are reminders to do that because I know I get busy, you know, with the kids and there's the voices or sometimes I'm listening to a podcast, which I love doing that. Um, But really just like to turn that off. And one of my reminders for me is when I'm folding laundry, you know, turn off the podcast and just pray for each person as I'm pulling out their piece of clothing, like, okay, I'm going to pray for their heart as I fold the chest or or fold the shirt, you know, think about that. And just, I think it helps to give ourselves those little reminders in the beginning. And then it does become more natural. Because I remember, I mean, there was days as a young mom, I was a new Christian, uh, had a little baby, newly married, and I'd get to the end of the day and think, I haven't thought about God all day long. Like I watched my soap operas because that was my habit or whatever, listen to the local radio station that wasn't Christian because I had built those habits in my life. But I, I hadn't understood about the discipline of reading God and then building that prayer. So in your life, I mean, have you grown in that area? And how has that changed over the years? Yeah, I'm totally a rule follower. So I look back on some of my journals when I was in the seventh and eighth grade and it would have like checklists of smile today, give someone a compliment, brush your teeth, which I should have done anyway, but I had it on a list. (laughs) And so when I became a Christian, I I looked for all the Christian to-do lists and I was like, okay, what are the things I have to do? And so I went through a long period of legalism where I felt like if I didn't read my Bible that day or I didn't pray formally, like get on my knees or whatever, I was a huge loser to God and he hated me. And that's not my, that's not his fault. That was how I viewed it. It was very performance based. And so then there was a period of time where I was, the Lord just gave me freedom where I knew that he loved me no matter what. And then just after that, there came this hunger to read the word of God and to, you know, interact with it every day. And So now it's more like a joyful habit than a have to. And just recently, I read through the whole Bible in two months, which was very fast. Wow. And uh, right now, I'm reading through the book of Romans every day for 90 days, because I'm going to be writing a a devotional about Romans, and I need to know it like the back of my hand. And so I have to read the whole book every day. 
but those kinds of things are things that the Lord challenges me to do, not me trying to impose spirituality on myself. It's more like, hey, this is an exciting challenge I'm going to try to do. I, I love that. And it's not like, okay, this is the rules. And I think as Christians, like sometimes when we grow up going to church, we think, okay, we know we have to have this quiet time and we feel guilty, like you were mentioning before, if it doesn't happen. But it does come just out of the joy of having God connected us with the day. And I, I love my teen girls because, you know, they came from backgrounds where they were not raised in Christian environments. And so when we homeschool, we sit down and we read the Bible and we pray. And it's so much a new thing. And, you know, just growing up, going to church, even though I strayed far in my teen years or having even my little kids at home growing up, going to church, it's just something that you do. And so to get questions from them, like why and why does God answer prayers and what if he doesn't answer prayers and all these questions, um, it's just helped me to realize that, you know, it's not something that that just comes naturally to people that we need to learn it. And we need to realize that it's something, not just a task, but joy, as you were saying. And what I love is like uh, a couple of months ago, one of my girls said, mom, I had the math test and I prayed ahead of time and God totally answered my prayer and I did really well. And to see that, you know, they are taking these tiny steps of faith and that God is just honoring them and giving them peace. But I also get the questions from my girls and from others who just have hard places. And I know you've came from hard places about what if God doesn't answer prayers and why did he let us go through those things in our past? You know, they have abuse and neglect and um, sexual abuse. And I mean, just all the junk in their lives. And I'll get those questions too. And, you know, and I always say, well, God's going to use you someday and he's restoring all those answers. But I mean, I would just love to hear your thoughts as someone who has come from hard places and who has just such a joy for prayer and for reaching others. If you have anything even more that I can share with them. Yeah, I'm actually um, working with a girl who just wants to be married and God doesn't seem to be answering her prayer, especially not in her timing. And it's been really hard on her. And that's not even an abusive thing. That's just, I really want to be married, Lord, and you're not answering this prayer and all my friends are getting married and all that kind of stuff. Um, and my thought is that this life is not about me. And it is always about the glory of God. And sometimes he will take us on journeys that are so difficult for our good and for his glory. And I don't understand all of it. And I, especially for your girls, I don't understand why a loving father could not intervene when I was being raped time and time and time again. I don't quite get it. I can say all the theological things about how, you know, God is sovereign and people have free will and all of that. But I think there are some questions that we hold in tension and we hold tenderly and God holds tenderly until the day we are on the other side when all the tears are wiped from our eyes. I don't have all the answers and I want to just share with people that it's okay if they don't have all the answers too. The other thing I would say is that God can handle our anger. And when we're confused about why he hasn't sent us a husband or we're confused as to why he didn't intervene, we can holler at him and we can let him know because he already knows that it's in there and he will hold it, and he takes it, and he um, will work through it. And that's, I, it's not a complete answer, but those are the, some of the places I've come to. Yeah, and I love how, I mean, the things you talk about, you talk about in Jesus every day, too. And it's not just like a devotional, like, let's pray for the birds today, and thank God for the birds, or I don't know. Like, I was just reading one of them, and it was talking about, um, Job and Job's response to his wife, like you talk, like you're a foolish woman. It talks about in Job two ten, and this is just the opening paragraph. Um, 
in, I think it's day 86, it says, Jesus, sometimes I think I have to be nice all the time to represent you. But in this exchange with Job's wife, he speaks truth to her and yet doesn't sin. I pray that kind of gutsy boldness would permeate my own life today. Help me to speak the truth and love to people in my life, not just to vent because I'm frustrated, but because I'm simply obeying your prompting. And the prayer goes on for that. But I just love that, especially about the book, how you're able to pray things that like, oh, I could pray like <laughs> to speak the truth or to be gutsy and bold um, when I'm having to confront someone. It's not just like these fluffy prayers. And I mean, why did you think that was important as you're working through this book and then in all your prayer projects that you do that you really share just realness um, that sometimes we don't often hear in churches? Well, I think it's part of discipleship. And a lot of times we're not being discipled in prayer. We're not having... Um people mentor us in that area. We're not hearing real, honest prayer. We're hearing kind of pious, uh, acceptable prayers. (laughs) And so I also wanted to tie those prayers to the beauty of Scripture. And so that's why I wanted to take people through the whole counsel of Scripture in that book. And every, every prayer is based on that Scripture. So when we're talking about authenticity before God in our prayers, it's being modeled in Scripture. So we're simply modeling our prayers after Scripture. And There's something really powerful when we marry our prayers to the scripture that we're reading. And so that was the heart of that book. It's just a short scripture. And then the rest of it, three or four paragraphs, is the prayer that you can pray. And um, yeah, a lot of times it's super honest. (laughs) But that's how you have a relationship, right? Like with uh, my close friends, I have good relationships with them because I have these close, honest conversations And they talk and I talk and I listen and they listen. And that's how it's supposed to be with the Lord. It's not just me giving him my Santa Claus list. It is me hearing from him and it's him listening to me whine and cry and complain and rail against him and shake my fist and weep and apologize and all sorts of things. It's just this give and take of relationship. Mm. And it it makes me think of my own marriage when John and I first got married. You know, I prayed for a Christian guy who would love me and love my son. Um, But I was so afraid of conflict. You know, growing up, our family had no conflict. I mean, if someone blew up, we would just the rest of us would just ignore it and pretend it didn't happen. And let's not ruffle the waters. I mean, it was just always this, um, just trying to ignore conflict instead of dealing with it. And I, I know for many years, I would just like anytime I was upset, I would just try to ignore conflict until it came to the point, you know, I mean, you can only hold it back so long. Yes. And the volcano exploded. <laughs> exactly. Then it would explode and I'd be crying and locking myself in the bathroom. And it just wasn't pretty. And it just all came down to I had a trust that even if there was small conflicts or big conflicts, that John would love me and would forgive me and we could talk about it and I could love him and forgive him. And I'm talking years and years later when I was able finally to say, you know what, I can talk to him about this conflict and we can get past it and he's not going to like walk out on me because, you know, I had too had been abandoned, didn't know my biological dad. Um, my stepdad divorced my mom when I was 18. It's just lots of boyfriends leaving the picture and this all this abandonment. And it came to that point of trust and just trusting John that, you know, he would be there. And just the other day we were at the grocery store and he was being a little snippy with me. And I'm just like, OK, wait, this is not cool. And <laughs> We were able to just talk about it and, you know. An hour later, you know, he asked for my forgiveness and everything's fine. But it's that trust that that God is not going to leave us, <clears throat> excuse me, and he's always there for us. And 
that, you know, we can voice our complaints one minute and just like praise him the next and he's okay. Like he understands that. Exactly. It's it's such a beautiful thing to know that our father already knows what we're going to say, but he still wants a relationship with us. And he still wants to pour into us, even when we're a crabby pants or, you know, whatever we're, we're going through. It's, it's really beautiful. And the love of God is so perfect and necessary, especially for people like you and I who grew up in some pretty hard situations and we don't have automatic trust. And we've, thankfully, we have a, a God of, of Hesed, you know, this faithful, loyal love of the Old Testament that God talks about, his covenantal love. And we have that to rely on. But God has to show us over and over and over again that he's faithful. Hmm. Now, I'm going to turn the questions a little bit because I know a lot of my listeners are wanting to walk out what God's telling them. And that might be, you know, calling them to some type of Christian service. And I know both you and I have had the ups and downs of ministry and either writing and all those things. Um, what would you tell someone or encourage them that maybe they feel like they have giftings inside that they want to use, but they don't know where to go? And then what what? Do you encourage them to, if, if things don't happen maybe as quickly as they want or not in the ways they want when they step out to serve other people? Well, I would say pay attention to what people are telling you. Uh, if someone has said to you, you need to write a book or I wish you would speak more because every time you do, God does some really cool things. Write those down and put them in your journal and, and reflect on them. The other thing I would say is if you truly do feel called to ministry, assemble a prayer team, even if it's just five people and let them know every couple of weeks how they can pray for you. I started this when, um, I think right after 2004, I was at the Mount Hermon Writers Conference and Randy Alcorn encouraged us to have a prayer team. And I started it then and we're up to about 75, 80 people. And I, I contacted them today. Um, it helps keep you humble and also serves as an advisory board to you when you are considering stepping out into new areas. So I would say anyone that wants to do ministry has to be steeped in prayer. One of the best ways to be steeped in prayer is to be open and vulnerable between before a group of people who will pray for you. Mm, that is so good. And I don't have like a formal group, but I definitely have friends and you know, you're one of them that I'll be like, hey, can you pray about this or that I share different concerns? And it's, it's such an amazing what difference it makes when we know other people are praying or that God will really honor the prayers of other people. And there's been times when, you know, dealing with difficult situations with kids from hard places, I would just be sitting on the floor with, you know, drama and conflict all around. And I've just texted a, friend, a few friends and said, can you just pray right now? And only because of prayer do I see peace coming over my kids. I mean, it really does work. And it really makes a difference when we have not only our prayers, but I love how you say enlisting other people to pray for us. Mm -hmm. And I know that's scary, but I don't think I would be where I am today without my prayer team. Right. Now, what if someone is stepping out um, and say, okay, I feel the calling, I feel like I'm supposed to be writing or speaking or, you know, artwork or anything that and they're not getting the affirmation and they're not getting the, you know, calls from the publishers, like, uh, you know, <laughs> after two months or whatever, I mean, that they are wanting, what encouragement would you give to them? I would say don't define your audience by the masses. Um, 
Some people are called to write for their family. Some people are called to write to get down family history for the next generation. Some people are called to write a Bible study for young moms that they lead. And just because you feel the calling of God does not automatically mean that you will have a large audience. And to learn to be humbly content with the audience that he brings your way. Um, And it doesn't mean that he hasn't called you if your audience is small. And it doesn't mean that he has called you if your audience is big. The numbers don't matter. It is the calling of God that matters. Hmm. I I love that. And one of my favorite quotes is um, Henry Blackaby, which is just see what God is doing and join him. And I think sometimes when we feel the call, we feel like it has to be a certain thing. So, you know, so maybe like you said, maybe you feel like you're supposed to write for women and do large Bible studies like Beth Moore. And God's like, wait, if you know, you're getting invited to speak at your church and lead a Bible study there. I mean, start with that. And I think so many times, um, instead of seeing what God is doing and joining him, we have these big ideas of where we want to be. And it just really, for me, it came to relinquishment of like, God, this is, <laughs> this is it. I turn it over to you if, if nothing gets published. I mean, it came to that point, you know, after five years of lots of rejections, that point of relinquishment. So have you had also those times in your <laughs> life of relinquishment? <laughs> Maybe well. one or two, I don't know. <laughs> Funny joke there. Uh, Yes, all the time. And this is what I tell, especially writers who are in writing ministry. I'll say, you know, rejection gets harder the farther you go in. And I used to think that once I got my first book contract, that everything would be like some sort of, you know, publishing nirvana and doors would just, you know, open up and the angels would sing songs and it would be awesome. But the rejection got worse and harder. And so I've told people, you need to settle your worth before you go into any sort of public-y thing like this because you will get raked over the coals. And then in terms of relinquishment, I pray that prayer all the time, all the time. Jesus, take this from me. I don't want to have a big platform unless you want me to have one and help me to welcome it if you do. And if you don't want me to have a big platform, that's cool too. Just help me to be faithful to you right now in the way I'm serving you. Yeah. And I think it's so many times it's all, we look at the numbers like, oh, how many Facebook followers are going to have? Or how many people downloaded my podcast? Or all these little things. And God's like, wait, you can't even see the lady in South Dakota that just read your words or listened to your words. And just her whole mind was changed and her whole, you know, had peace over a situation. Like we have no idea how God is just using us even in the small things. And we're like, Oh my goodness, I lost three Facebook followers today. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) It's so true. And, and you'll go crazy if you're, if you're counting numbers, you will. And I love the stories that make no sense. I love the stories of people coming upon our words in weird ways, even pirated ways. It's just, God can use whatever. It just doesn't matter what my platform is, my fame matters nothing. It's the fame of God. It's the renown of God. It's his glory. It's his um, power throughout the earth. And that's my heart is to point to him, to give him glory, to get on my knees and, and relinquish, relinquish, relinquish. Mm, I love that. So I know Jesus Every Day just come out recently and you have your new podcast. What things are you looking forward to or what things are you working on now? I just finished a book for Harvest House that's called The Seven Deadly Friendships. And uh, that's going to come out in October. So that'll be a fun one. (laughs) And yes, I had to live through every seven deadly friendships. Yeah, I'm thinking... (laughs) Wait, that's a lot of research that nobody wants to do. <laughs> no, exactly true. I, I've, yes, I've suffered through some hard friendships, but um, yeah, that one will come out. And then I'm just working on the Pray Every Day 
podcast. It's prayeveryday.show. People can find it there. And then also I have a freebie for your listeners. If they want, you know, prayer, but for free, they can do the podcast, but they also can go to marydemuth.com. And the very first thing they'll see is a mind if I pray for you. And I will give you a free prayer for your inbox on Monday with your name on it. So it's a personalized prayer every week for a year. So I would love to be able just to give that to your listeners and for them to be able to experience that prayer with their name in it every Monday. And everyone needs prayer on Monday because we're all a mess on Monday. Absolutely. I love that so much. So they could just go to your website, just marydemuth.com. Your ministry yep, and I love top. you. Okay, now you haven't mentioned your art yet, which is just <laughs> amazing. I'm like, okay, wait, God. So when you were handing out all the giftings, you gave her the gift of speaking and the gift of writing. And then she's an awesome artist too. And I know just sharing, I think you just started sharing like on Facebook and stuff. And I'm like, seriously wait Mary just like did this it it just amazes me so tell us a little bit about your art and just how God is using that and I mean I just love you incorporate scripture and prayers and everything in your art too yeah that's a funny story and that's a Henry Blackaby story too because this is just where God has been working and I think it's hilarious so I have for the past five years I've been doing small scale art pieces for Lent so instead of taking something away for Lent I've spent 40 days doing little pieces of art. And every year people have asked, will you please sell this art? And I think it's so juvenile that I can't, <laughs> I think, I can't do that. But um, eventually people just kept asking. So this year and actually today uh, it went live. So I have an Etsy shop that's called Restory Art and I'm selling my art now. It's hilarious. So if they just go to Etsy and then search for Restory Art, they'll be able to find it? Yes, yes. Now, is it watercolor or what? It's watercolor and ink. Okay. And it's gorgeous. Like you say, it's juvenile. Mary, it's so pretty and just so <laughs> heartfelt. You. And I just love like the images that you tie with the scripture or something. I never would have thought. I don't, I don't know. It's just like, I just love how there's a complete message just in the art pieces. Yeah, that's been what's really been fun is I'll pray. That's what's been cool about Lent art is that I'll just be praying and say, Lord, what is it that you want to speak to me today? And he'll give me a picture in my mind and it will correspond with uh, either a quote or a scripture and so then combining it together, it's been such a joy. I love it. I could spend an hour on it every day if I if I had the time. It's just been so much fun. Mm, I love that. Okay, so we're going to wrap up. I'm going to have you pray. But before we do that, because of course, like we Yay. can't, we can't end this podcast. <laughs> <We without can't. laughs> but before I want you just go over real quick where they could find your podcast, um, your website, and then your art and just list it all. And then we'll have it in the show notes too. Awesome. So uh, writers can find help at, at uh, booklaunchmentor.com. Uh, my main website is marydemuth.com where they can get the uh, everyday Monday prayers. And the podcast is called prayeveryday.show. And then the Etsy shop is etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash restory art. Awesome. And I'll again have all those links in the show notes. So you could just go there. It's just walkitoutpodcast.com. And so Mary, why don't you just take us out and just pray for my listeners today? Lord, I pray for the person today listening who is so frustrated and feels alone and wants to know what you're speaking to her and what um, you're doing. Lord, we don't always know. It's, it's a mystery for us, but you know. You have the plans set out before us. You see the beginning and the end. You knew our last day and our first day. And so we just entrust our plans to you. We entrust our lives to you. We relinquish control of trying to figure out and trying to assign to you what we want you to do. Teach us to pray 
in a posture of listening. Help us to have creative prayers that um, are not limiting you, but are thinking of great ways that you could do cool things. Uh, We love you, Lord. We need your healing. We need your restoration. We need your voice. We need your um, guidance. And Lord, today we need hope and we need your presence. And I know that you love to provide all those things for all of us. So we just humbly bow before you. We revere you. We worship you. We we, um, tell you that you're amazing, that you're great, that you're powerful, that you're almighty, that you're omniscient. And we just pause and take this moment right now to settle our hearts before you, to hear your beautiful, beautiful voice, and to tell you that we love you. Would you please lift the the eyes and the heads of those who are downtrodden today, to those battling depression, to those who are hurting, to those who have kids who are going waywardly, um, to those who feel that their prayers are not being answered, to those who are frustrated in their jobs. Lord, would you be the lifter of our heads? I pray for Trisha's family. I pray for further healing. I pray for uh, joy to reign throughout her home. And I pray for joy to reign throughout all of our homes today. We, uh, we need you and we adore you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, friends, didn't you feel the love of God pouring out for Mary as she prayed? It's clear that Mary knows how to talk to God and has a close and intimate relationship with him. And that only comes from daily regular connection. The good news is that you can have the same type of relationship with God, and it comes down to one thing, connecting with Jesus through the day. The more you pause yourself, pause your thoughts, put down all distractions, and turn to Jesus, then everything will begin to change. Now, you may be saying, okay, that's easy for you to say, my life is busy, I don't know when I have time, and really for me, it has become such a priority because I know the difference that it makes in my life when I get up early. And that's saying a lot because we have teenagers who love to stay up. And it seems that right when I'm ready to go to bed, they want to stay up and they want to talk and they have all these things they need to tell me. And I'm sitting there thinking, I just want to go to bed. But I know it also is the time that they really want to open up. Um, So I end up usually staying up late, but I, I get up early and I just sit down with my Bible, sit down with my journal, sit down with my prayer book and really spend that time with God. And it makes such a huge difference in my life. And in fact, my book, Walk It Out, you can hear more about just how times of prayer really just changed my life. As I opened God's word and I turned to him in prayer, I felt a gentle nudging so many times and I dared to walk out what God was calling me to do. And you could read a lot of the stories about how I felt caught called to find healing from uh, my past abortion, how I felt led to help start a crisis pregnancy center, how I felt led to uh, cut things from my life and clear my schedule with the help of my husband, how John and I felt led to open our home to adoption. All of those came from those intimate times with God. And when we dare pray, God, show me, give me your heart. Really, Um, I want to be more like you. God showed up in such amazing ways. And so really the book Walk It Out has so many amazing and radical examples of what can happen when we do that. I share my story, but also just encourage you, like, what does it look like? What does God, um, what has he been whispering to you? What does he have planned for you? Have you sat and prayed with him and asked him about that? 
um, there's help and ideas and encouragement for you as you try to do the same. So I encourage you to pick up a copy of Walk It Out. You could find it online at places like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and ChristianBook.com. Um, I think it would be a great study to do with a friend. So maybe pick up two copies and uh, ask a friend to go with it, go with you through it uh, during the summer. So I know you'd be greatly encouraged. Now, today's Walk It Out verse is one that reminds me that God comes near to us as we lift our voices to him. Psalm 145:18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. Today, this moment, when you call on him, God will come near. Go ahead and try it. I promise everything will change when you do. And that means even calling to him while you're folding laundry or driving your kids to the community pool or whatever you're doing, just call to him and God will be near. Now, my prayer for you today and my prayer for me is that we may walk worthy of the calling of Christ, stepping out in faith, walking in humility and becoming like our teacher, Jesus. And we don't have to take these steps alone. We can turn to God in prayer and he will draw near and be with us step by step. I am so thankful for that. As always, you can find out more about me on my website, which is just trishagoyer.com. And you can also find me on any social media sites like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram under Trisha Goyer. Also, I started something new. And it is a Facebook group to go with my upcoming book, which is Calming Angry Kids. And this is a book that just stems out of adopting um, kids from hard places. And they they had many years of anger, but it stemmed from just being hurt so much and the walls they built around their heart. So my book, Calming Angry Kids, comes out in October and you can pre-order it. Um, online at christianbook.com or Barnes and Noble or amazon.com. Um, but before then, because, you know, I know that people need help now. I also started a Facebook group called Calming Angry Kids, and there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Um, and also you could just Google if you go to Facebook groups and just put in Calming Angry Kids. I think we're pretty much the only one out there like that. But I've just been so amazed. I just started it last week and already in one week's time, we've had five pe- 500 people join. So that just shows me that there's just a huge need out there. And a lot of us struggle with kids who are angry. We struggle with our anger um, and dealing with these kids. I never thought I was an angry person until I had angry kids in my home. And oh, I mean, I would just get so angry and so frustrated just at the chaos they would bring to our home. And so we talk about all these things in a very safe place. And what I love about this community is that it's not only me giving help and advice and answers, but people are helping each other and supporting each other and letting each other know that they're not alone and giving ideas. I've gotten ideas, which I just love so much. Again, that's um, the Calming Angry Kids Facebook group, and there'll be more information in the show notes. Finally, friends, I'd really appreciate it if you tell your friends about this podcast and encourage them to listen. Also, if you go to iTunes, you could also leave a review, which is always great. It helps more people find uh, this Walk It Up podcast. Also, I just want to shout out to my publisher who sponsors this podcast, um, and it's sponsored by the book Walk It Out which is published by David C. Cook. Now, David C. Cook is an awesome nonprofit publisher spreading God's word in over a hundred countries. So the sales from the books that I write and other authors write go, the, the proceeds go to 
produced curriculum and other Christian books in over 100 countries all over the world. So I just love that so much. But thank you, friends, for tuning in, and I pray your week will be blessed. I pray that you will turn to God in prayer. I pray that you will check out Mary, check out her resources, um, check out Walk It Out, check out the Calming Angry Kids Facebook group, and through all these things, you will be encouraged. So have a great week. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship used with permission from Integrity Music.